Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I talk to Michael Anthony, a survivor of severe childhood trauma, who is now a podcast host and author helping so many survivors. We have a conversation about Michael's story. He tells his story, which is very heavy and very sad, but also very beautiful to see how he overcame it and how he is overcoming it. Some highlights of our conversation were that identity is the core issue. Michael was terrified of finding himself in his healing journey because as a child, if he expressed anything of himself, he was severely physically abused. However, it wasn't until he did this work of really finding himself that his healing started. We also discuss how he doesn't try and make himself better, but how he tries to do something different every day. Let's jump into the podcast. Life can be hard and it's easy to feel stressed, anxious and out of control. What if there was a way to take back control? What if there was a practical way to detox your brain? This is now possible with NeuroCycle, the first ever scientifically tested brain detox app shown to help reduce an anxiety and depression by up to 81%. Users are guided through a variation of audio and video, brain exercises and mind management lessons every day. I'm excited to share some of the latest features in the app, including guides for children and parents, detailed feedback and recommendations, written guides through days 22 through 63 of the NeuroCycle, and an easy way to track your progress. There are over 500,000 NeuroCycle users worldwide, and the app has helped change thousands of lives, including people trying to find purpose in life, overcoming fear, better sleep, improved relationships, managing intrusive thoughts, depression and anxiety, and so much more. NeuroCycle is for everybody. No matter who you are, what you've been through, what you do, you have an incredible mind and brain that is always on and needs to be managed so that you can live your best both mentally and physically. This app is designed for individuals, couples, families, businesses or corporations, for everyone, everywhere. Join us by committing just a few minutes a day and see how your life is transformed. In just 63 days, you will have begun rewiring your brain for a happier and healthier life. Download the NeuroCycle app today and start changing your life one thought at a time. Just look for NeuroCycle on the iTunes App Store or Google Play or visit NeuroCycle.app. The link and more information will be in the show notes. Michael, it's so great to see you again. I had such a great chat when you interviewed me on your podcast and I really wanted to hear your story because you have an amazing story. I wanted my listeners and viewers to hear your story. You have the Unbroken podcast and you've been through so much child abuse and you've overcome it and now you help people. So welcome and it's great seeing you again. Yeah, thank you, my friend. It's my absolute pleasure to be here with you and been looking forward to this for a while. Oh, so have I. It's wonderful. So Michael, just tell people who you are and dive into your story. I want people to to really hear what you've got to say and how you overcame incredible odds. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my my story is not that different than most people, right? I, I think when you go look at the research, childhood and trauma and abuse is prevalent in America and the world. I firmly believe that it's the biggest elephant in the room of mental health care, and we just are not having the conversation deep enough. When and and please, I want to say this is very important. As human beings, we often go to comparativeness with each other. Please do not compare your story to mine because I swear to God, what I'm about to say sounds like a movie. It's just my life. So when I was four years old, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic, actually cut off my right index finger. That's where we start this conversation. Wow. 
When she married my stepfather when I was six, he was hyper abusive, kind of guy you praised you're never your stepfather. He beat the crap out of my brothers and I, would beat us in the middle of the night, put us in the hospital a couple of times. I'm and so, so sorry. That's the foundation, right? And, and I often say this, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And when I go back and I rewind and I look at my childhood, I'm always reminded that they suffered too. And in my mission, in my life, I went to end generational trauma. And so going through and looking at childhood from six to eight, it was very chaotic and I'm still not really placing my feet on anything solid. Well, around eight years old, my mother was battling massive amounts of drug abuse. She was dealing with bipolar, schizocism, and going through this really interesting phase in her life where she ended up in rehab for an extended period of time. My stepfather was an over-the-road trucker. And from eight to 12 years old, I lived with over 30 different families. Oh my gosh. Getting bounced around place to place to place. Strangers, vans, churches, friends of friends. I never knew which way was up. And at 12, my grandmother adopted me, which in some sense was a godsend. But I'm biracial, black and white. And my grandmother's an old racist white lady from a town in Tennessee you've never heard of. And so when I say this, Not only were people of color not allowed in our home, but we had a copy of Hitler's autobiography, Mein Kampf, in our kitchen. And so if that gives you any framework for now the identity crisis that was to ensue, at 12 years old, I decided, like, I'm going to escape from all of this. I started running away, started getting high, doing drugs, popping pills, anything we could get our hands on. By 13, I'm getting drunk all the time. And at 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. And I'm breaking in houses, stealing cars, running from the cops. I'm getting shot at. My friends and I are doing the most crazy things you could possibly ever imagine. But we were doing it in unity and in brotherhood and in what we thought was love, right? Because Mm -hmm. their parents were like my parents. And we all were suffering, but our suffering together bonded us. Mm. And one day I got a call from... The guidance counselor at school. And she said, the dean wants to talk to you. And I'm thinking to myself, like, about what? You already kicked me out. What are we doing here? And I go to school. I'm sitting in the library having a conversation with two strangers I've never met. And they said, you've been nominated for a last chance program. And now is an opportunity for you to do something different in your life. And so I took that opportunity And in a parallel at that same time, I actually put a restraining order on my mother and my stepfather. Wow. And you can see this. I posted this on my social media. When I did this, Mm -hmm. that next semester, I had straight A's. Wow. And I was dating a cheerleader. I was on the football team, captain of the wrestling team. I stopped doing drugs. Life was incredibly different. A couple of years goes by. My mother actually gets sober for the first time ever. And she moves back in with my grandmother. Now, I understand something today that I did not understand 20-something years ago. Mm-hmm. My mother came back into the place where she suffered her trauma. Mm-hmm. And within 30 days, she was back to drinking gallons of vodka and hiding pill bottles. And like clockwork, you can watch my grades go from straight A's to straight F's. Wow. Next thing you know, I'm doing drugs again. I'm in the streets. I'm still in cars again. And I end up not graduating high school. And in fact, my girlfriend calls me one day. She goes, hey, uh, by the way, your name's not on the graduation list. Congratulations. And and I drive Uh. to school 
And I go up to Mr. Bush's classroom, my business teacher, irony of all ironies. And I go up to him. I said, how dare you fail me? Right. Being an ornery 18 year old thinking like it's his fault. Yeah. And, and he tells me something incredibly important. He goes, I didn't fail you. You failed yourself. And then he told me the most important thing anyone has ever told me in my life to this day. He said, if you want something in life, you have to earn it. You can't get by in your charm and your good looks. And I had to go to summer school and I was embarrassed and all of my friends uninvited me to their parties. And I was the biggest loser in school and I still did not graduate high school. And in fact, in summer school, they gave me the diploma and said, get the hell out of here. We're done with you. Wow. And so now I'm sitting here at 18 and with some change looking at my life and trying to understand what is happening. How did I get to this position? And I got fired from a job where I was working in a warehouse, mm -hmm. putting microchips and motherboards all day long, watching the desperation in people's eyes where dreams go to die. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here like, why? Like, why am I suffering? Like, what is happening? All the homelessness, all the abuse, all the suffering, being molested, being beaten, being burned and cut and locked in closets mm -hmm. and starved and all of the things. Why is this happening to me? Now, today I look at the research and I know like I had an A score of 10, mm. right? Statistically, I should be dead or in jail just based oh, off my zip code. Yeah. I'm sitting in my car. I'm trying to figure out the solution for poverty, for homelessness, for abuse. I'm trying to understand how I got in this situation. To this point, yeah. And I made a declaration to myself that I want to make $100,000 a year legally. Because I figured that's the solution. That's mm -hmm. got to be the thing, right? That's why we've always struggled in pain and suffering and poverty and everything. And I decided that I wanted to do it legally. And this was incredibly important because I've been in handcuffs multiple times. I have family in prison for life to this day. And my three childhood best friends have been murdered. Oh, my gosh. How often do you wake up in the morning and instantly wish you had another hour of sleep? You hit the snooze button and hope the next time your alarm goes off, you'll feel more, feel more energized. Wouldn't you like to simply flick a switch and turn on your brain within 10 minutes of waking up in the morning and be totally engaged, focused, upbeat and productive, no matter what gets thrown at you? I've personally experienced this over the past few months since trying Newtopia from BioOptimizers. Nootopia is one of the most advanced brain support supplements I've ever tried. If you've never heard of nootropics or brain supplements, don't worry. They've been around for a long time and are safe, legal, and used by millions of top performers around the world to enhance mental performance. It's safe, natural, and non-addictive. And you can choose blends that don't have caffeine if you're caffeine-sensitive. Plus, BioOptimizers also stands by their products with a 365-day money-back guarantee. Just go to nootopia.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and enter the coupon code Dr. Leaf 10 for an extra 10% off your order and experience your best mood and mental performance with personalized nootropics. That's nootopia.com forward slash Dr. Leaf with the coupon code Dr. Leaf 10 at checkout. The link and details will be in the show notes. Michael, this is just so much and you say it with such, you know, you've obviously processed through and it's evidence of, you know, the hope that I mean, I just, I have to interrupt you just for that, this moment. I don't want to interrupt your story, but just for those of you listening and viewing that this is extreme, but here Michael is sitting, telling us his story calmly. And I know it's very traumatic for you and you've worked through all of this and you've done the years of work and you didn't get to the place where you're at today where you can share the story so calmly, just in a quick, it wasn't a quick time frame. 
but how you've transitioned and reconceptualized this over and now you run this podcast helping people to deal with this, to talk about this, you're providing a safe space. So I just wanted to honor you, you know, and honor you and your story for doing what you're doing. This is why I wanted you on my podcast. So please carry on. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that greatly. And and there's lots of twists and turns still to come, that's for sure. Wow. And so, you know, luckily because of that last chance program, I learned a lot of skills. I learned how to write resumes and cover letters. I end up getting a job at 18 at a fast food restaurant where I become an assistant manager. I have 52 people under me. We're doing a wow. million dollars in burgers and fries. I'm in leadership. I'm making every mistake an 18-year-old could possibly make. But you're doing pretty well. Wow. And I'm, I'm out of my house. I'm living by myself. I have my own car. Like I'm getting into life, right? And, and I figure that fast food is not the long-term goal. That's not what I want. It's not going to reach me to 100000 a year. Again, that having the being the goal of my clarity. And for the next two years, I basically just get told no by every corporation in America until one doesn't. And as I'm heading into 21, I land a job with a Fortune 10 company. Wow. No high school diploma, no college education. And around my 21st birthday, I cashed my first check for $10,000. My and goodness. I almost hit the goal. It was incredibly close. I looked this up on old tax record just to see if I had fudged this. And I cleared $96,800 at 21 years old. And oh, I, my I got so close. But here's the problem with that. You always hear people say money won't change your life. It only brings out who you are. It only shows light to the reality that you live in. Mm -hmm. And that happened to me. And for the next five years, all I did was party it away. We drank and we smoked. We did drugs. We took trips. We lived this lavish lifestyle, what I thought it meant, right? To be an adult, to be a grown up. And by the time I was 26, I was 350 pounds smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to mm. sleep. I was high from the moment I woke up till the moment I went to bed. I was almost $50,000 in debt. My brother told me, never talk to me again. My friends hated me and I was living a complete lie because mm. I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. And you know more about me in 10 minutes than people who knew me for 27 years. Wow. See, the thing about childhood trauma and abuse, the thing that I thought was, if I run from it and I hide from it and I stuff mm. it down, then it doesn't matter. Because I was so terrified. I was so terrified that to if people it. knew the truth, that I would be shamed and mm. guilted, emasculated. I wouldn't be a man. And for 15 years, I didn't cry. My stepfather literally beat me to the point where I was physically incapable of crying. And I remember having all these experiences in this window. I'm now 26 mm -hmm. years old. My life's a disaster. And I'm just like, I guess this is just normal, right? You hear trauma survivors say this all the time. I thrive in chaos. Yeah, That to me is such a stupid idea. Because mm -hmm. why would you not want to thrive in love, compassion, hope, joy, fulfillment, happiness, mm. empathy, mm. grace? Of course. And because I was coping in the way I was, I hit a rock bottom. And I'm mm. laying in bed one morning. Keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds. I'm smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake, and watching the CrossFit games. <laughs> like, it doesn't get more rock bottom than Gosh. that. And I pick myself up off the floor 
And I'll never understand why this happened. I walked into the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror. And I remembered being eight years old. And the water company had come and turned our water off. Now, you have to think about this. I grew up in America, in Indianapolis, in an actual city. And we were always having our water turned off, our heat in the winter, our electricity, getting evicted. Mm. Just another Tuesday. And I go in the backyard. I take this little blue bucket. I walk across the street to our neighbor's house. And for the first time, I stole water. Mm. And I remember being like, when I'm a grown-up, this will not be my life. Mm. And it wasn't in a lot of ways, but I was still that hurt, lost little boy. And in that moment, I asked myself, what are you willing to do? to have the life that you want to have. You call it God, spirit, universe, divine intervention. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the words that came to my mind were no excuses, just results. And what that meant for me in that moment, I would no longer negotiate with myself. I would no longer placate myself. I would no longer bend to be that everybody always told me I would be. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not capable enough. You're a Mm. loser. You're dumb. You're fat. You're stupid. This is why your parents don't love you. I would never be that from that moment. And that started this journey over 12 years ago. Wow. Michael, just say that statement that you said to yourself. Just say that again. I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? That is so key. You pretty much said, this is what's happened. What am I going to do about it? You totally went into a phase of reconceptualization. And you had that, that point was where you shifted and changed. And you said then the next 12 years was your journey of healing. Yes. And those first four years after were the hardest. And people think that, you know, and here's what's interesting. I've coached thousands of people. The podcast is one of the biggest in the world. I've written a best-selling book. Like, But I promise you, 26 to 30 was so freaking hard. It was one step forward and a million steps backwards. And it was just like, just pick yourself up, get your ass up, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. And the more that I did that and the more that I learned, and it started to transform me slowly. It started with yoga and journaling, meditation, visualization, just the things I could kind of find. Mm -hmm. I quit smoking and quit drinking all the time and I lost weight. And then I realized I had to leave my home. I had to leave this place where every single time I walked down the street or smelled a smell or saw... Mm. Exactly. I try to teach people this all the time. If you can leave, leave. Go somewhere and find who you are. Exactly. Mm. And that's what I did. You, You said something important there as well. I'm just picking up on your pearls of wisdom. You need to leave and go somewhere to find who you are. Yes. And that's very key because you had lost your identity, which is in, in that process of, of your childhood experiences that were horrific and completely unwarranted and unjustified and you were a complete victim. And you saw the behavior patterns playing out and even the attempts, people recognize and try to help and so on. But you got to that point where you had to actually t- ask yourself that question. You know, and that's when the shift occurred. Yes. And powerful. Very powerful. This, this is my opinion. I will say this as context. I have over 30 trauma-informed certifications. I've studied from some of the greatest minds on planet Earth. I've interviewed them and got to take in their wisdom, yourself included. I've been in conferences with PhDs and doctorates as a civilian, just learning and educating myself. I've read Critical. hundreds of books, all of the po- Like, you name it, I've done it. 
This is my opinion. Childhood trauma and abuse for me is not this finger that's been cut off, that's had five surgeries that I can't feel that's discolored. It's not the cuts and burns on my body. It is the theft of identity. Yeah, I agree that with you, That is the thing that we are taken and stolen from us. And what I realized in this journey is that in order to heal, you have to own who you are with no Incredible. consideration for what people tell you you're supposed to be. And in that, you have to be willing to fail yourself forward because I promise you, I made, and I still make mistakes, but I made every mistake humanly possible. Mm -hmm. The only thing I probably haven't done is kill somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And that's because it was just everything that's chaos I will move towards until I decided that actually the way I was treating myself was a parallel with how they treated me. Wow. And if you love yourself, you must change your behavior for yourself. So it starts with your identity. I'm so pleased you said that, Michael. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I know in the people that we have, when I practice clinically for, for many years, that the core thing I would do with every single patient, the first thing I'd work on with every single one of my patients was identity, and then we would work on the other stuff. Yes. Because until that is addressed, you just don't feel like you have any value. Yes. Well, it makes sense, right? Because the yeah, human brain serves one purpose, survival. And so for me growing up, literally the most dangerous thing that I could do was have an opinion. The fastest wow. way for me to get my head slammed into a wall was to ask for a want, need, or interest. Wow. The best way for me to get starved or locked into a closet would be to speak my mind. And so if the brain is evaluating that and saying, wait a second, is this safe or is this dangerous? And if the very thing that brings you dangerous is being yourself, then why would you ever you be suppress you? It, yeah. That's your mind actually telling your brain because your brain is listening to your mind. So your mind is guiding your brain and saying, protect yourself. The way you've described it there is incredible. Yeah, so because your mind is all about survival. So your survival, the only way you could cope, the message yes. your mind was giving your brain was, hey, if I talk or show myself or my identity, it's going to be worse. So you had to subsume your identity. Yeah. Which destroyed and you. And that's what Tried I did. Tried to destroy you. Tried yeah, to destroy it, you, but it didn't. Well, and it did for a long time, right? Because yeah. I don't, I, I realized at 27 years old, I had no confidence. I never believed in myself. I didn't have any scope of idea of who I am. Now, a decade later, that's very different, right? But it took mm -hmm. a lot of suffering through that to yeah. figure out and understand and love myself because I had to watch, you know, I had to watch myself in real time become associated again. 
I had to learn how the central nervous system worked. I had to learn neuroplasticity. I had to put myself in the position of understanding the biological experience that we are literally having day in and day out and recognizing that the coping mechanisms that I had that were so incredibly detrimental to my life were were a reflection of what I thought it meant love was, right? Yeah. And because I thought love was pain and suffering and hurt and and all of the negative things mm. in the world, I moved towards those because I didn't know better. You that don't know what you, you yeah. don't know. Exactly. That was your distorted perception of what life was like and what life was meant to be. And it's, I'm just trying to see if I've got my toxic tree here that I showed you last time. That's no, sorry, in, in, in my studio here. But that is a toxic, distorted experience. So your version of love was distorted. So you... And because it was all the chaos that you talk about, you then played out into more chaos in your life until you actually got to the point where your your inner wise mind, your that I call the non-conscious, which also still is on your side. It was it, it's you, your mind, your non-conscious mind is you, and it was pretty much guiding you to find the right answers. And you dug into yourself and you did that. But it was a journey of pain and a journey of hard. And things got worse before they get better, which is yes. which is what happened. Which they do. And and I remember distinctly having this moment of massive clarity because I had clarity about things like money and sex and yeah. drugs and car. I had mm-hmm. clarity about that stuff, mm-hmm. but I had to create clarity about being the person that I wanted to be. Oh, and, that's so good. And that was terrifying because I sat down literally with a pen and a piece of paper and i started mapping out the michael that you see today now not wow. fully actualized or realized there's still work to be done of course that's a lifelong journey but michael i want to ask you the question there that you were terrified of yourself because I if you ter- were yourself you would have that that was associated you were so being yourself was associated with all the pain and trauma and that was and yet, yet deep down inside you knew that wasn't the truth but look how that impact because your brain and body simply will, will, will absorb the impact of your life. So your, your mind is what puts your experiences into your brain. So your brain and uh, that had wired into your mind, brain and body, three places. And the message there was if, to survive, I have to, I have to not be me. So there was fear associated with being you. And look how that chased you so many years, even when you were away from the situation, it still chased you. You had to make peace with that. Yes. Uh, in yourself and rewire, use your mind to make peace, change your mind, change your brain, change your body before you could get to the point where you're at now, which is now in that lifelong journey of development. Yes. And and the thing that I was most scared of, that I was most terrified of, and I believe this to be true. You hear so often people say you're fair, you're scared of failure. We fail all the time. I, I don't believe that. I think I agree that we're scared of success. And that's what I was scared of. And so I made a choice that I was going to be willing to face my fear. And I built rules about my life. And I stepped into education and I stepped into recognizing like the the real truth of the capability that we have is in doing things differently. And I changed my association with the way that I think about the linear aspects of life because people often go, well, I want a better life, better life, better life. But I've always struggled with that word better because how do you measure better? Mm. How do you actually lay it out on the table and look at it and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what better means, right? I can't wrap my head around that, but I can different. 
I like that. So instead of better, which is almost like that happiness industry type neoliberalistic sort of, you've got to get to that happiness place. You 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 chose the word better. That's really key. You're saying some incredible pearls of wisdom here. I really like that. Yeah, and and different is measurable different. to me because what I looked at was okay. How did I behave yesterday? Okay, got it. Can I do something different today? Yes. Okay, cool. Did I do that? Great. Tomorrow, can I do something different? And I realized if I did one, just one thing, because at the beginning, it was like, brush your damn teeth, right? Literally, it was, can I brush my teeth today? That was different than yesterday. And I said, if I do one different thing every day, then over a course of a year, that's 365 different things. And you cannot tell me your life won't be different if you do 365 different things. Wow. And that's how I track the journey. I stopped worrying about cars and clothes and the physical body and the money. And and mm. did I go to therapy 17 times in a row, which I have, but it was really about the actual day action. You really did a mind management. You know, when you interviewed me, you were interviewing me about the system that I've developed in terms of mind management. You're in, and that's why I wanted to interview you because you actually epitomize what mind management is, where you actually used your wise mind to stand back, observe your life, decide that the the cars and the money and everything we we need those to you know to to be able to function in the world. But the most important core thing was to manage making small different different little small steps each day. So that's how you reconceptualized your life. That's powerful. Yes, and I will add something very important to that. Those different things led somewhere. It wasn't doing different for the sake of doing different. It was doing different to ask myself, like, can I get to this place where when I look in the mirror, I'm okay with the reflection on the other side? Oh, wow. Powerful. Am I okay with the reflection? You know, Michael, there's so many people, I'm sure you're aware of this, so many people that have experienced trauma that really battle to look at themselves in the mirror. Yes. You've you've heard that? And so that what you said is very significant, being able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, can I accept who this person is becoming? And and do that with grace and compassion kindness. Mm. and kindness, but also vigor. Like you've got, you've got to be willing to do this. Yeah, You can't just go work. and look in the mirror and be like, life sucks, I guess. Okay, whatever. Like there is something. And, and I think language and the way that we speak to ourselves is paramount over yeah, everything. Very and much for, so. And everyone has a different vernacular for the way that they need to speak to themselves. And you've got to get clued in on that. And for me, the nice, cuddly, soft, doesn't work. It does not work. It works in sections, but mm-hmm. in the moments when I'm quitting on myself, it doesn't work. And so I figured one day, I was like, actually, you know, the thing that works for me is I go look in that mirror and I say, go do it anyway. Oh, I love that. Go see what happens if you challenge yourself. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you. And no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare, all the things that weren't working and said enough. And they made booking a great doctor surprisingly stress-free. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find or book a doctor. I have used the app to book doctor's appointments, dental checkups, you name it. It has been so great, especially when I visit a new town or city and I need to find an appointment on the go. It is so easy to read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. 
With ZocDoc, you know that when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who really gets you. All you have to do is go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time and slot whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're booked. It's so easy to find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. Just go to ZocDoc.com leaf and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash leaf. ZocDoc.com slash leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. Okay, so your advice to people then would be as you're doing this different growth process is to actually ask the question you've just asked is to actually ask yourself this kind of question when you're battling to find the language. Someone else might need the soft cuddly language, yes. but for you it was one of, you know, go do it anyway. So, to, yeah. so your advice there, if I'm hearing you correctly, is find the language and the vernacular that works for you to keep you moving forward with that little one thing different each day. Correct. And do it with asking yourself this question, what do I need? Because so Good. many people really conflate self-care and taking it easy on yourself. And look, life is a struggle. Life is hard. You know this with what you've been able to build and do with your life and your career. You've had to push when you didn't want to. Exactly. You've had to try when you didn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. You had to show up when the only thing you wanted to do was lay in bed. Mm -hmm. And there is a huge differentiation between taking care of yourself, i.e., what do I actually need, and taking it easy on yourself, which we live in a society right now, especially where they're like, take it easy. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's your freaking life. Yeah. It's kind of got, it's, it's kind of a mixed message. We live in society. I'm glad you raised that because it's kind of a message of you've got your hustle culture as you can compete neoliberalistic, say that word is such a hard word to say, neoliberalistic philosophy, compete, hustle culture, go, go, go happiness industry you've got to achieve. And then the self and then that the antidote to that is okay, total don't worry, total self-care. But it's actually a balance of the two. It's yes. not that it's actually finding the the if I'm hearing you explain from your life, it's finding the direction you want to go first from the inside, your identity, and then finding a way to encourage yourself to move in the direction and find what's what is your value system, as opposed to being pushed by society to to do one or the other. Yes. And if you know your values, which I'm so glad that you brought that up, if you know your values and what you stand for, that becomes the funnel for everything that you do in your life. And oh, so wow. I, I, I look at my life and I ask myself, what are my values? Honesty, kindness, leadership, so self-actualization, and no excuses. And I everything that, no that I do filters through that. And that applies to this too. If I did not feel like our values were in alignment, I wouldn't even show up here. Why? Because when you start to do things outside of your value and your moral compass, you are back to placating. Exactly. You're back to chameleoning, to being a chameleon. You're back to pretending to be mm. what other people want you to be so you feel safe in an environment. And I realized like if you can get really keyed in on your values – and you can honor those, like that becomes a major driving force for success for people. But in wow. doing that, one of the things that happens is, and this is the downside of the healing journey, like this is one of the really hard aspects of mm -hmm. it. When you change, there are going to pe be people in your life who do not like it. 
who do not want you to change, who try to pull you back. And the very thing that you must do is you must hold fast, hold the line and continue to go forward. Because if people are not willing to meet you where you're going, they're going to make sure you stay where you are. Mm. Wow, that is fantastic. And on that note, Michael, I hate to end our interview because I'm so into this. I could talk to you for hours. Thank you for sharing, just giving us a bird's eye view of your horrific childhood that I'm so sorry that you had should never have gone through that. But thank you for showing us how, despite that, you have done this healing journey and how hard it's been, but you've got there. And just the incredible pearls of wisdom that we just heard a little bit about. I recommend people go to your podcast and really learn and listen from you and get your book. And where can they find you and get hold of you, Michael, to learn more about how you have rebuilt your life? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on social everywhere at Michael Unbroken. But if you join Think Unbroken Academy, it's a free community that we built for support, for education, for learning, for growth, for change. It's at thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And of course, the Think Unbroken podcast. Oh. Well, this, it's, it's such a valuable, uh, such a valuable resource, and we'll put all those links into the show notes so that people can go and listen to your story because you do tell it in other places as well, and give so many great pearls of wisdom. You've dropped so many pearls of wisdom today, Michael. We'll definitely need to talk again. And thank you so much for sharing, and thank you so much for being with me today. It's been amazing. It's my honor, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.